This is the brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Now, here's Bob Dostanovich and James Scully. Hey, good evening and welcome to the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Uh, Give us a call. This is your show. Express your mind about uh, all things horse racing. A lot of interesting things to talk about this week, including, uh, of course, the wonderful card that we saw at Gulfstream Park over the weekend. Some uh, derby points on the line uh, this weekend in races like the uh, Bob Lewis at Santa Anita in the Southwest Stakes at uh, Oaklawn Park. Interesting field there. Looks looks kind of wide open to me. Um, I'd like to uh, welcome James Scully uh, to the program. How you doing, James? I haven't heard you in a long time. It has been a while, Bob, and it's a pleasure to join you tonight. I look forward to talking about whatever our callers are interested in. We obviously have these four Kentucky Derby preps. I agree with you. The Southwest at 12-horse field, I think it's uh, the the most competitive uh, race from a uh, betting standpoint, at least it looks like on paper. And, you know, take any comments, thoughts on those uh, Pegasus races last weekend. So, uh, yeah, give us a call and uh, be happy to uh, talk anything horse racing. Yes, we also have the Holy Bull at Gulfstream Park. And what's our fourth derby prep? The uh, Withers, either the Withers or the Rob Lewis, uh, Robert B. Lewis at uh, Santa Anita. Yeah, the Withers, the grade three Withers. You got uh, light light uh light light line is the uh, favorite in that race the morning line favorite in there you got the second and third place finisher from the uh, jerome stakes you got uh, speed runner a pleasure mate last out made winner but light line's favorite and he's actually an exiting a runner-up effort in an allowance race to uh, carbonate who wasn't made the morning line favorite in the southwest stakes for steve asmussen but i very well expect him to be the favorite he's going to be the horse to catch i believe he's really fast and comes off two uh real scintillating wire to wire wins uh one a sprint one a two-turn mile yes one horse that bears mentioning of of course is nisos who will be the heavy favorite in the uh, bob lewis who uh, is not Kentucky Derby eligible as he stays in the stable of Bob Baffert uh, this year. Yeah, uh, and it'll be interesting to see you know how he handles that stretch out to two turns because you're right. I think of all those uh, horses I've seen of Baffert's, he's about the most exciting by far. He looks like a two-turn type, but he still has to prove it off of the um, uh, sprint made win in the six-and-a-half furlong or seven furlong Bob Hope, but uh, real exciting and of course can't wait for fierceness you know i i think you know everybody expects fierceness to win and i do too but you know all eyes will be glued to see you know how he does it if he does prove victorious uh, i want to see him keep moving forward as a three-year-old you know it's a it's a situation where hey these horses show class and established form as juveniles but all of them have to keep moving forward as three-year-olds and fierceness is trained uh extremely formative uh, forwardly according to reports and has every opportunity to keep moving forward for top pleasure yeah one thing that sticks in my mind about fierceness is i happen to be sitting just inside the eighth pole at the breeders cup uh, right when he kicked it into high gear and kicked well clear clear of a very uh talented uh, Baffert trainee and Muth, who, who's come back and won a stakes uh, this year, 
and uh, he's definitely a very exciting prospect. And uh, is there one horse or human that you hope has a wonderful time of it in 2024? I think it would be lovely to see Fierceness uh, sort of buck that trend, the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, Triple Crown. Uh, there hasn't been that many Breeders' Cup Juvenile performers who've done well in the Triple Crown in recent years. I think he unquestionably has the talent to do so, and he's in the right hands. Uh, trained by Todd Pletcher, a son of City of Light, owned by Repley Stables. Anyways, let's uh, go out to the phones. Uh, first up, we've got Patrick in Kentucky. Uh, you're on the brisnet.com call-in show, Patrick. Thanks for having me, Bob and James. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Bobby posited the question, um, you know, if you had horses with Baffert, would you um, switch them to another trainer just so you could run in the derby? And, of course, the answer has come back a resounding no. And, and I agree with that. I think he's the best um, three-year-old dirt trainer uh, in the game right now. Um, and, um, you know, Churchill, um, I think they're going to have an issue this year. There's been reporting. Um, I heard Sid Fernando say that the reason that Churchill, you know, just out of nowhere decided he had to – be suspended for another year was because this was going to be the 150th anniversary and they didn't want the, the storyline to be Bob Afford's back and, you know, risk having him win the Derby. But now they've got the storyline of, is the Derby really the Derby? If you've got, you know, two or three of the top 10, 20 horses not allowed to run in it in addition to, to dealing with all the negative publicity from the horses, you know, unfortunately dying last year. Right. In the run-up to the Derby. Um, so. Well, first up, the, you know, this is unquestionably the Kentucky Derby, and it is the 150th renewal. And, uh, you, know, it's, you know, these horses, um, you know, at least the, the two names that we're most familiar with had the option of um, – of, of you know switching they decided to stay put and uh you know one of the overriding things about my experience in horse racing over the last 50 years is that the kentucky derby uh has been and sort of remains the uh the the race that owners are most likely to say they want to win so it's uh loyalty on a uh on, on a very very high level and i appreciate your comments and you know i understand uh your admiration of uh, baffert he's had you know, overwhelming success over the last several decades but the rules are what they are and uh you know we'll see if that changes down the line but uh as for now we'll be missing uh two or three very talented horses probably and uh you know hopefully we'll see them mix it up with uh, derby contenders and other good three-year-olds in the Preakness and, and Belmont, which, of course, will be at Saratoga this year. Anyways, appreciate the call. And uh, and uh, who are we going to now, James or Tom? Tom. Tom, okay. Tom in St. Louis. Hi, Bob and James. How are you? Great. How are you? I want to ask a couple of handicap questions first, and then I do want to make a comment based on the last call. Uh, let's go back to talking about the sport and where we uh, where it is. First of all, James, last week's question: Yes, the Derby runner is running on Saturday, and he's running in Florida, and he's the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Call the shot like Babe Ruth. <laughs> Not my question though. My question is, guys, you look at the handicap south. You look at the handicap the Southwest. How do you handicap horses that have been stabled at Oakon all over that card? 
that missed three straight weeks of not only works but gallops. I look at horses that, you know, were stable there. I don't want to say I scratched them off, but you got to put a little negative by each one of them. And as far as the Southwest goes, I think the pace is going to fall apart. I think Winstock and Carbone are going to get in a speed duel, and I think it's uh, – I think it's going to open up, and two horses that I'm looked at at a price are Mystic Dan and Maycox Bay. Um, you know, you got to take a you got to take a flyer there. You've got a almost sure winner in the race before, so if you're going to play a double, you got to have that have that have that option. And then my other question, looking at the form or the, the Brisnet PPs, I look at it's a subject called three furlong work. I look at fierceness when he came back in that first race after the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. I've never seen Fletcher do this before, and guys, I'm a workout junkie. I love to see the works and the patterns of barns. I've never seen him bring a horse back and do a simple three furlong work, and I think the move was brilliant. And then I look at the Martha Washington, and I look at the two-horse band of gold, and this horse ran on December 23rd and came back on January 9th, and I've never seen McPeak do this before, and worked the horse on January 9th, three furlongs on the 9th, you know, before it came back, and then she had another five furlong work after that. If this horse was already in shape and, stre- and it was going to stretch out, you know, shape for a shorter race and was going to stretch out and no race the next couple of days, I just wondered why that why that three furlong work. I could see with fierceness because he's going to have a big campaign. They wanted to just keep him sharp in his first time back at the racetrack. But I didn't know if you guys had noticed that or what your thoughts were to either one of those questions. If you want to answer them, that's fine. I just want to have the opportunity to make a comment about, about and give my two cents on the Baffert thing. Or if you'd rather <clears throat> me do that first, then I'll hang up and listen. As far as Bandit Gold, I'm not sure. Where you, I, she ran on December 23rd and then came back uh, like, two and a half weeks later and, and breeze three right. furlongs. And then as far as that gap, I mean, I think you can just see, I mean, some of these horses like carbonate, I, I think it was more like two weeks. I don't think it was three weeks. And I, I think, you know, if, if the horses had had a recent race, it, it might not be uh, that big a deal because they got fitness out of that last start and they've had time now to perhaps make up any uh, missed time. So I, I'm not too concerned about that for the horses that are stable there. If somebody like Carbonate is the real deal going a mile on the 16th, then I think he could lead wire to wire. I'm going to play against him, but I could be wrong. Uh, as far as Maycox Bay goes in there, I don't see how – I. He his two wins have come on the lead. He's not going to get that trip from the rail, so he's going to have to do something new for the first time. But I do think it's going to be hard for the front runners potentially because of all that speed in the race. Yeah, what do you make okay. of the? Uh, what do you make, uh, guys, of the? Uh, like you said, the uh, weather and the track being closed uh, for about a good week to ten days at Oaklawn Park. In terms of the local ones, you'd, you'd have to think. Uh, a uh, horse like Winstock, who's been out in California, he was kind of the disregarded upset winner of the uh, Los Al Futurity. Um, he's a speed horse. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he has a fitness edge over his rivals in the Southwest. Liberal Arts is shipping in from a, the Thoroughbred Training Center, and you know, and you have um, uh, you got a couple others, but. Um, you know, the thing with me with the Winstock is he didn't run well rating in his first two starts, and then he led at every single point of call in his last two wins. So there's another horse sort of similar to Maycox Bay. If they could make the lead, 
Yeah, for sure. But I don't know if you guys saw this uh, Carbone's uh, two races, but I, I think that horse can point blank fly, and uh, he's he's looking to play catch me if he can. Very interesting. Anyways, uh, please give us a call. Uh, it's the Brisnet.com call-in show. The number again is 888-966-4776, 888-966-HRRN. We'll talk uh, about the four Kentucky Derby prep races, uh, points races this weekend. And uh, if you'd like to talk about a horse or a human that you hope has a wonderful time in 2024, uh, stick your two cents in. Again, this is your show to express your opinion with me and Bob Nastanovich and uh, James Scully here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Uh, we'll take a break and uh, we'll uh, resume with the phone lines. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call, call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com Performance Plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at Brisnet.com slash APR. The Brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit Brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisnet is the handicapper's edge. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races, dine trackside in 10 Palms with an elevated view of the track, and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void where prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. 
evening and welcome back to the Brisnet.com call-in show. Uh, James, if you could do me a favor, we've got four grade three uh, races with Kentucky Derby points implications uh, this weekend. The Withers at Aqueduct, the Holy Bull, which uh, features the return of uh, Fierceness at Gulfstream Park, uh, Southwest uh, Stakes at uh, Oaklawn Park, and the Robert uh, Lewis at uh, Santa Anita. Um, what are the points? Uh, are, are the points the same in these four races? I don't have that information in front of me. Yes, they are. Twenty points offered to the winner, ten to second. They've all pretty much gone up, uh, starting with that uh, uh, Lecomte two weeks ago. So yeah, twenty, ten, six, four, and two. So they're giving points through fifth, and uh, they've bumped up the points for second. It used to be twenty and eight for you know any race that had 20 to the winner but they've they've been tinkering with the points and the whole way the whole uh, uh schedule works so all four races worth the same amount once we get into march we get into like 50 points to the winner and then the last seven major qualifiers are 100 and 100 to the winner 50 to second fantastic and uh let's go to the phone lines we have a uh, vince from california you're on the brisnet.com call-in show Hey, good afternoon, everybody. How are you? Hey, how are you, Vince? Hey, Vince. Good. I'm uh, in the Excalibur in Las Vegas. James, I'm working on, I'm volunteering with my son for the halftime show for the Super Bowl, so we're having rehearsals every night. Cool. It's a little uh, different. Yeah, you know, it's a little break away from reality. And What, uh, what does that so, entail, Vince? Um, we, there's about 400 people and there's 29 components to the stage and each person we're on groups, about 12 to 20 people pushing, we're pushing a ramp on from one of the tunnels of the stadium. So we have to do it every night to do it faster and faster. Cause as you well know, we only have about nine minutes to get the stage on the first commercial break to get it right. ready. And Amazing. so the the detail and the precision has got to be, you know, and we have, you know, my crew is, we have a lot of young ladies on there, so it's going to be rigorous, but uh, it's fun. Do, We've done it a few years now in a row. Do cool. you get to watch the game? So, um, no. We'll, oh, okay. we'll be bust in with a motorcade. Like, we'll feel special. The police will escort us into the stadium. And once we're done, we're escorted out. But, you know, it's, that's wild. It's fine. I mean, it's more yeah. just it's a it's a we're bonding me and my son. It's fun. Yeah, so, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and James, I just made a bet. I think I got a little undervalued. I just bet Hall of Fame to win the Derby at twenty five to one. Was that a little low, James? In your opinion? Uh, I mean, it's a little low, but I, I'm not surprised to see him take some action. I mean, I'll, I I I think there might be some smart betters out there that are betting him off of that uh, maiden win. So. You know, uh, at this, you know, for a horse like that off of a catchy win, I mean, you want to get at least, you know, 20 to 25 to one and you got it. So I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be complaining about that. Uh, you know, best of luck to you. I'm not sure what he went off in the pool. I, well, he wasn't even listed in pool three. So yeah, that's right. He would have been all he other. Would, he so. have maiden yet. Yeah. Let me uh, ask you one other thing, James, cause uh, I'm not going to bet too much this weekend. What do you think the price is going to be on the two-year-old champion? I might want to just try to double my money. Is he going to be anywhere near even money, or is it going to be one to five? No, 
one to five ish. I mean, he's going to be at one to nine, at, you know, at least open and be on there around there. He could go off at that, but one to five, one to nine. He's going to be extremely short. Uh, only one other horse in there, really, I think, could offer that Otello off of that win in the Mucho Macho Man. But that white race didn't come back that fast. Uh, the runner up in that race is running in the uh, turf stakes. Uh, so, you know, fierceness. I mean, yeah, okay. one to five you're looking at. Yeah, it would have to be a. Uh, All that off cast on that. Yeah, it would have to be a real subpar effort, I would think, uh, uh, for fierceness. Not you got anything, to... James, for Saturday that you you feel comfortable about? I'll be listening today and tomorrow. You, you think you got anything, or you, got you know, I haven't looked at that. Pretty, under, uh... You know, I I haven't looked at that undercard close enough at Goldstream. I looked at Oakwan. You know, I like uh, liberal arts a little bit in that Southwest. I think the race is going to set up well for him. You know, Cox has that denim and pearls in uh, the, the Martha Washington, but I like her stable mate in good taste. I like that maiden win. I thought it was fast. And I like speed runner in the withers. That's a gun runner cold for Pletcher. I really like that maiden win going a mile and an eighth. I think that Chad Brown horse he beat, um, uh, Mara Luck. Could still be a nice horse for Chad Brown, and I thought that was a real gutty effort. Sometimes, if if you get two good horses, I like the a horse coming off of a hard fought maiden win sometimes more than a horse coming off some big convincing flashy win because you just get a lot more out of the experience. And obviously, you know, I think people think Light Line's going to move forward off of his runner up effort to uh, Carbone because he didn't break that day and he closed really well to be second. But I think Speedrunner is going to move forward off that main race. So that Withers is a race where I'll look to bet Speedrunner if he offers any value. Hey, okay, uh, Vince, great. And I wanted to go ahead. Uh, Vince, uh, just, just for my knowledge uh, before you go, um, so you're you're going to be in the stadium at the Super Bowl for about a half an hour? I just, I'm just intrigued on how this all works. Well, my son thinks for for safety reasons – uh, we'll be in there a couple hours and, uh, for, you know, in a tent in LA, we were in a tent because they want to make sure we're there. I was right. thinking it'd be like, you know, a half an hour, but like yeah, how many people a, are we talking about? Real 440 volunteers. Wow. And who, who is the, um, who's who's perf- go ahead. Uh, Usher, Usher's performing. I don't, Oh, Usher. Okay. More, yeah, uh, sure. I liked it when we did the first one in SoFi. We had Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. I kind of grew up with that music. So this one I'm a little less excited about, but um, I wanted to tell you guys one more thing. wanted to congratulate all the handicappers. Last weekend I had a great weekend. Everything fell into place. Bobby had liked uh, the Didia. I know James and someone else love the the Thunder, the horse that paid eighteen eighty. Yeah, Tumbarumba. I mean, I didn't bet That's enough, our man. man. I I came out with like like nine hundred bucks, man. It was so sweet. All three races fell into place, just like everybody said, and that rare, rarely happens. Rarely, it was beautiful. And I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it. James. James, it was Baffert's horse took so much money. Everyone loved that eleven horse, and it paid. I was I was at work, so I just got the results on my phone to see it pay eighteen eighty. I was. Because normally, yeah. normally, you know, part of it is he was a Louisiana bred, and 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 his numbers were 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 top notch. But people have a hard time 
There's a horse that there's an Arkansas bred filly in a steak race at, at Oakland Park with a top last out number on Saturday. I forget her name, but uh, it's the same kind of situation. I think you get these state breds sometimes. They prove themselves to be fast. They can beat open company. But uh, people have a hard time getting over that. And the fact that Tumper Rumble was coming out of a Louisiana bred steak race, heck, he didn't even win it. But the horse he beat, Touch Upon a Star, <laughs> is a legitimate graded stakes type and tumbarumba is a legitimate graded stakes type for brian lynch absolutely i think tumbarumba who's by yeah. oscar performance he kind of a louisiana bred and name only and uh right i think touch upon a star probably might have fit in the pegasus uh, pegasus world cup i mean he's that good he's that rare he's a, he's a son of a star guitar two unusually gifted uh, louisiana breds and when i saw him turning up an open company and uh at Gulfstream. I didn't realize that James was excited about it, too, but uh, he definitely made the weekend a lot happier. Anyways, uh, Vince, enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, have a great time and uh, keep winning. Uh, uh, thanks very much for the call. Hey, James. Yes. Okay. That's oh, yeah. Wild. I'm sorry about that. Hey, that's all I'll say. Congrats, Vince. Have a great time in Vegas. I just want to take a quick shot. Uh, our question of the week horse or person you're looking to have a great year in, in 2024 i'll give a quick answer disarm he's coming back he hasn't raced since uh, running second in the travers uh we saw that national treasure win that race but once you get past national treasure the other two older horses white barrio and saudi crown or overseas won't be back towards till the late, late summer so uh, I'm hoping this arm can get back for Asmussen and add some depth to the older horse division. And, you know, the, the Derby horses haven't had much success uh, since that race. And, heck, even the top four runners that were in the Travers last year have not run again. So I'd like to see some of those horses make it back. And I know this arm's training with Steve Asmussen down at Fairgrounds. And I'd like to see him have a wonderful year in uh, 2024. Yeah, it'll also be interesting to see if uh... – New Grange, who won the San Pasquale and uh, for Phil D'Amato, if he can sort of continue his uh, upward rise or if he's just basically a Santa Anita specialist because uh, he uh, he looked pretty good the other day winning that race. And, um, you know, again, he'll have to – he might not have to prove it outside of Southern California with the Breeders' Cup being at Del Mar, but of the two tracks, he certainly prefers uh, Santa Anita. I'll tell you, there's, there's a uh, – a young rider who uh, would be my choice uh, for for a horseman that I hope has a, a wonderful year. And I think it's, a, it's sort of an important void that needs to be filled in racing right now. And that's the uh, young lady who finished second in the appre apprentice jockey uh, voting for the Eclipse Award, Sophia Vive. She she had a really excellent year at Philadelphia Park, our parks and, um, and Woodbine. And I think she's got a certain amount of star quality, and I, I think the sport could usually uh, use a high-profile woman jock. It's really been a few years now, I mean, several years really, since Rosie Napravnik was uh, top shelf, and I think this uh, this young uh, rider, who I think might might have just turned 20, um, has a lot of potential. I think that'd be very cool and very welcome in the sport. Yeah, Fenta, yeah. That was, that was a tough category because uh, uh, Concepcion, that won, he had actually won a, a riding title at Laurel Park. He won their spring meet, and he finished the year real strong, you know, in Kentucky, uh, riding a lot of winners. And, and he looks like a talented, young, up-and-coming rider, too. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, anyways, we've got uh, David 
from Virginia. Welcome to the Brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, guys. Love the show. Great job. Thank you. Thanks. And I got my calendar, and the calendar is awesome. So really appreciate you guys um, sending that out. Yeah, my pleasure. I've got a friend in uh, in uh, Georgia, and uh, she loves her calendar as well. So thank you, James, and thank you, uh, uh, the fine folks at, at Twin Spires. So my awesome. question is – oh, sorry. My question Go. is it's a, it's a bit of a – I don't know, maybe a fun, maybe an odd question. So with all the different shows, you know, like the Fox show for that covers Naira and the FanDuel – how many of the people on those shows do you think actually wager on the horses? For example, watching and just, you know, Jonathan Kitchen, I would say, he, wager, he, he bets on the horses. Now, somebody like Andy Serling, I wonder if he even bets on the horses. And I'm not saying it matters. I'm not saying it, he bets. You know, he's a he bad bets. guy or any of that stuff. But no, what, he's been around you, with the guys. He's been betting on horses for a lot of years, Andy Serling. I mean, he was betting on horses when he was younger. He he came up, you know, with he worked as a teller at Saratoga tra, Harness Track back in the day. I know some people that know him, and he's a sharp guy, and he bets. And then as okay, far as the FanDuel, you're... from the FanDuel racing crowd, it seems like a lot of them bet. Um, a, a few of which I think are actually legitimate uh, degenerates. Um, <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, obviously everybody that you hear um, on this, uh, on these uh, radio shows, they, they certainly bet, uh, you know, again, depending on the budget. I mean, you know, right now I've got more money to play on horses because of Tumba Rumba than I normally would. Um, <laughs> so uh, I hope I can parlay a, a – a, a much needed decent weekend into another good one. Uh, you know, this week again, there's there's about 15 good stakes races this weekend. It seems like they're all Grade Threes, with the exception of the Grade Two Santa Monica. Which, I mean, it's just it's one you know it's one of these weekends where there's a lot of good racing. There, you know, there's some overwhelming favorites, so there's you know some fairly unbettable racing. But there's uh you know, we're getting into Feb, you know, we're into February now, and things are really going to start to pick up and. Uh, we'll be separating the wheat from the chaff, and there's uh, the betting uh, opportunities are getting pretty delectable, so it's nice to have a bankroll. Well, thanks so much, and your show's great. Appreciate it, guys. Oh, my thanks, pleasure. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to take a break. This is the uh, brisnet.com call-in show. Please give us a call. It's uh, myself, Bob Nasanovich, and James Scully. Uh, anxious to hear from you and hear your opinions on horse racing and the uh, phone number again. Phone lines are open right now, 888-966-4776, 888-966-HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call, call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? 
then BristNet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. BristNet.com Performance Plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at BristNet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void where prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Get in on exciting thoroughbred racing action every weekend. Join us Saturday, January 27th for the Houston Racing Festival with five stakes races, contests, a jockey trainer meet and greet, and more. Plus, Sam Houston is the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with the best Sunday brunch around. Race in for all the excitement, starting with the Houston Racing Festival at Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Trainer Talk, presented by Phasing Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito, uh, Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahey, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Yes, welcome back to the brisnet.com call-in show. I thought that was a really good question from David in Virginia. I think it's uh, something that people think about as they watch uh, pundits and analysts on TV and elsewhere uh, giving out selections, and whether they're winning or losing, they sometimes wonder, are these people really betting on these races, or are they just leading me astray? I know that uh, a lot of hardcore uh, watchers of uh, various programs uh, often complain about the uh, pundits uh, getting things wrong, and I think that they'd like to know that they're putting their money where their mouths are. Um, but again, I think it's probably the kind of thing that a lot of analysts are pretty discreet about if they don't bet. I, don't, I think that's probably the kind of thing that they'd want to keep to themselves. I think that oh. um, generally in horse racing when we're giving out selections or advice uh, uh you know we'd like to think that the that the person giving them out is is also backing them up with uh, their own money 
And again, I can only really vouch for um, the people, Bobby uh, Newman, of course, who's on vacation this week, uh, James, uh, that uh, there's there's definitely a, um, a, some some hitters. I don't know how heavy, but there's definitely some hitters on, on this program and, and uh, most HRN programs. Yeah, and I think it's a situation, too, where, you know, you may have like some analysts that, you know, like to – you know, be selective, you know, they like to make perhaps like win bets or if they, if they bet like uh, doubles or, you know, pick threes or any kind of multi-race bets, they're doing it selectively. And uh, there might be situations where they're being forced to give out all these multi-race wagers uh, at, you know, to, to promote that wager, you know, in an upcoming race. And and so th- there, there could be a little, there can be situations where they, they might give out pick four tickets and they're not betting them themselves. But I still think they're betting the horses that they're picking to win, uh, at least, you know, uh, when they really like them. That's the thing, though, too, uh, Bob, is that, you know, if, if you've got to go on a, a 10 11 race Saturday program and you're an analyst, you've got to give like top three picks in, in every single race. Now, does that mean you're betting the same amount or betting every single horse you're picking? No, not necessarily because you know, that's, that's not smart betting. Uh, you've, you've got to leverage your strongest opinions and tread lightly or, or use caution in races where you don't have a strong opinion. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be a situation where, I, you know, per se, an uh, analyst or somebody giving selections is going to bet every pick. But, yeah, you, I agree with your overall sentiment that, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think most people I see, they, they do like to wager on horses. Absolutely. Uh, many was let's go back to the phone lines, James. Uh, Shane in North Carolina. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, great to have you on the Brisnet.com call-in show. What's up, Shane? Absolutely. Hey, James. I just wanted uh, to thank you guys again for the calendar. I got it today, and it's a it's a great calendar, great pictures. And, Glad um, you like it. I guess I got yeah, – yes, sir. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, Carboni in the Southwest. I know he's two for two. Uh, you know, the son of Matoli uh, you know, has done everything right so far. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on – his chances in the Southwest, I know he'll be, you know, one of the favorites. But just long term on the Derby Trail, uh, being a son of Matoli, what, what do you think his his prospects are, uh, you know, moving forward as we get closer to May? James, I'll let you t- I'll let you take that one because I know you mentioned that you like Carboni this weekend. Well, I definitely respect him. You know, he's not going to be my top pick in there because I am worried about the trip. But I will say this for Matoli. You know, he wasn't necessarily bred to be a just a pure sprinter. Now, he turned out to be a super-duper uh, talented one. He was champion sprinter. But, uh, you know, he, he won the Met Mile. He carried a speed uh, a mile. And I think with his breeding, he has every chance to throw two-turn horses if he's matched up, you know, with compatible mares. Uh, he's still apt. You know, you would think being a champion sprinter to throw some, you know, talented, uh, uh, you know, sprinters and, and middle distance types. But I wouldn't put it past him. And Carbone, Carbone, uh, his that last win in that allowance race, that that was a two turn mile. And I watched that performance and, you know, I, I thought he looked good doing it. I haven't seen anything so far to suggest that he won't go further distances. But until we see these uh, Matolis do it, I, I do. I think I think it is fair to question it. You know, this is his first crop. 
and um, you know he 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 did pretty well uh, with his first uh, as you know as it was the top like five. I think he finished third in the in the freshman standings, third or fourth. So he did really well, or maybe he was. I don't know where he finished. Uh, Bob uh, uh, Bob uh, could have been. Um, Maybe even been second, but uh, he had a good. He 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 he's he's got. I think he still remains very promising, and Carbone will will give a good uh, read upon that because that was a good allowance win last time. Like I said, that horse he beat, Light Line is the morning line favorite in the Great Three Weathers at Aqueduct for Brad Cox, and I know a lot of these Cox people uh, like that uh, Light Line, uh, despite the runner-up effort last time. Okay, specifically looking at Carbone's pedigree. As you mentioned, he's he's by Matoli, who sort of I think everybody expected, uh, you know, considering the Book of Mares uh, that he visited, um, that he would get a lot of precocious types because you know he was a very fast horse, very smart horse. Um, Carbone is out of a street sense mare, um, which you know would would enhance uh, Carbone's chances to stay a mile, but he's um, by street sense. Out of a successful appeal mare, uh, the mare's name was Treasure in Heaven. Uh, she won one of her nine starts. Um, that was actually her second lifetime start at Gulfstream, uh, going six furlongs. So, uh, to me, going forward, just from a pedigree standpoint, um, Carbone does not make much appeal to me, uh, and a race distance is over a mile. So, the Southwest. Um, to me, might be the extent of his uh, of his uh, stamina. His stamina might really be tested in this race, and uh, to me, it would be an unappealing uh, pedigree for uh, a two-turn race. Yeah, and that so that that female family is. I'm looking at it now again too. That that you're right. I mean, that female family. It's it's uh, it's, it's definitely got a lot of speed uh, influences in there. But you know, if you bred Matoli, Matoli wound up being the leading freshman sire. I don't know what I was thinking. He surpassed Maximus Mischief uh, late in the year and wound up being the leading uh, freshman sire. It was Matoli, Maximus Mischief, Dino Rosso, Omaha Beach, and Flame Away were the top five. But uh, if you're breeding him to uh, tap mayor um you know there's you know a, there's lots of sires i think that would would throw plenty of stamina uh, potentially through their uh their, through, through the broodmare side uh i i do think he still has the potential with his breeding to uh have some uh two-turn horses absolutely and you know i think um it, i still think at the end of the days he's a wonderful uh, sire to breed to because you, you can definitely get an early two-year-old or or you know like we're discussing I think we can get horses that uh, can stay a mile and per perhaps uh, further, uh, but just on this inspection, I, I would say I would say no in terms of uh, Carbone. Uh, Car Carbone being a triple crown contender in any way, shape, or form. But that I, you know, obviously, it, that's not tried and true. That's you know part of pedigree analysis. That's that's guesswork and it's you know it's it's logic. But uh, Natoli was by Escandarea out of a um, out of a Indian Charlie Mayer. Uh, it's just you know everything to me uh, about Carboni's pedigree screams six to eight furlongs. Yeah. Now um, Escandrea, I mean, he was you know he he was uh, uh, pretty darn good. You know, two turn horse. He got hurt. He was going to be the Derby favorite. But uh, this damn Indian Miss. You know, Indian Charlie. He's known as like you know, there's a lot of speed, but he is the uh, uh, 
sire of uh, Uncle Mo, who's a Kentucky Derby winning sire, sire of Nyquist, who's a Kentucky Derby winner. And this damn Indian Miss, uh, Matoli's brother, is uh, Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, right. You know, who was a, a two-turn router, you know, wasn't a sprinter by any means. So uh, there's mm-hmm. plenty of stamina in that female family for Matoli to be a, a real versatile sire. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, Shane. And uh, we're going to take a call now on the brisnet.com call-in show from Andy in Indiana. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. How are you? Good. I uh, share the uh, success of the weekend with uh, Vince in California, and uh, I used to listen to you guys. Um, I was all over Didia by myself, but I picked up that uh, uh, Hooper winner from you guys, Hopper winner, so that was great. So, my question, Bob, I always am uh, interested in your talks on pedigrees. And I'm kind of a slow learner, but uh, uh, it took me a while to understand that direct Stormcats weren't going to win the Derby. And uh, my first Derby bet ever was Bluegrass Cat, and he came in second. And then several years later, somebody told me that you really need to focus on the sire lines of Mr. Prospector and then the dam lines. Uh, or the sire of Dam is, is Northern Dancer. And somebody pointed out that that was what they called the classic pedigree. So I'm curious, Bob, how much credence you put in that that combination today. And if you see any other pedigree combinations that are staring at you and saying, we really need to pay attention to this one with the Derby. And I'm basically, um, and I guess, I'm, you know, my, my approach is kind of rudimentary. And thanks for the question. Um, to me, you know, we're going so far back with your Mister Prospector and your Northern Dancers and these in these pedigrees that they're they're all, they almost show up in just about every pedigree. Um, <laughs> so when I look at a, a horse's pedigree to determine, uh, you know, first of all, as we edge towards April and May when the two-year-olds first you know start to come out you know, obviously we're looking, you know, there's a lot of stables that gear themselves toward having those type of horses. Obviously Wesley Ward comes to mind, but, um, you know, you're, you're, when you, when you're looking for like an early season two-year-old, you're looking for, for something that, that was, you know, very quick. Um, and, uh, and to be honest with you, like, and then, you know, when, now that we're in, you know, sort of like the most intense, uh, time to examine pedigrees, um, and that would be, Oaks and Derby and Triple Crown prep season. Um, there's just there's so much variety to it. Um, but but Andy was right though about Mister Prospector being in that sire line. I mean, he you could find him in the sire line. I mean, the it, not the dam. It was the sire had to be by a sire who was by a sire who was by a sire, and eventually you were getting Mister Prospector. Mm-hmm. And uh, that still stands I, up. That still stands up. And I'll tell you, like right now, uh, a new and upcoming sire that has everybody excited is, is Gunrunner. I mean, you you look at it, uh, he's got Locked and he's got, uh, what, Sierra Leone and he's got yeah. the Speedrunner. He's got a whole bunch of runners. And he's like Mr. Prospector's in that bloodline. You know, you got to go back a, a few generations from Candy Ride to Crypto Clearance, et cetera, et cetera. 
But um, you know, that's that's the kind of those those. I, I do think there's value in, in like some of these young sires like Gunrunner that just look like to me they're going to be successful with Derby runners. But I think it was easy to make that same determination about Tappet years ago, and for whatever reason, he just never had any success with his sons in the Derby. Obviously, he produced four Belmont winners, but no uh, Derby winners so far. Yeah, no, and I think you know, really, when looking at any pedigree. Um, the second, third, and fourth dams. The female family is just is is so important. Um, whether it's a horse that's trying the turf for the first time or going around two turns for the first time, uh, and you know, in this day and age, you know, whether you're looking using Equibase or ped- PedigreeQuery.com or um, Equine Line, um, it's so easy to get access to pedigrees and pedigree information. Um, there's some sites that you can even click a tab and see a, a, a broodmare's produce record. And uh, it's very, very significant to look at half and full sisters and brothers uh, and stuff like that. But, you know, each horse is uh, made differently. One thing that has never really appealed to me is a horse that's a dyed-in-the-wool sprinter um, who's been bred to a, a stamina-based mare. I call those sort of tweener horses. Like, a, mm-hmm. like To me, it's like a confused pedigree. It's basically trying to like solve the problem of uh, and, get, and sort of getting both, and it seems like you, you just get a slow horse. Um, but that's just all personal. It's like, you know, it's all, it's all, per- there's some names I just love to see in pedigrees. Um, and, and some quite frankly th- that I don't. So, well, you know, and people talk about these classics. I mean, the, the triple crown races come up early in the three-year-old season. I mean, these aren't fully developed horses per se. Uh, and you know, so there's bloodlines that, you know, what did this, that, and the other, but, um, you know, there's a lot of bloodline analysis and the, the ideal combination I've seen it, you know, written over and over is a mixture of speed and stamina. You're right. You don't want to have like too much speed and you don't want to have too much stamina either. Uh, that can be a bad thing because, you know, you, you are going to get last or first winners of the Derby. But those are much more those are much less common than horses to me that that have like at least some positional ability. Uh, and, um, and and you, you have a lot of like plotting the horses that are bred, you know, that are bred that have just no tactical speed whatsoever. And that is a, a positive trait. Excellent. Well, we're going to take uh, one more break here on the Brisnet.com call-in show. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, perhaps James will give us uh, a best bet or two for the weekend. We'll have time for uh, one more call. Uh, pleasure listening uh, or, or t- talking to you, James. Again, the phone lines are open, and the phone number is 888-966-4776, 888-966-HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire 
Fire Stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Race the Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Nashwan. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Good evening and welcome back to the brisnet.com call-in show. James, I'm remiss. I, I, I should, of course, mention, of course, the wonderful pedigree products uh, that are available at brisnet.com and I'm, I'm uh, we're going to get, take one more call here from Rick and West Palm and then I'm going to ask you what specials and promos you've got going on at brisnet uh, this weekend and uh, for uh, best bet or two for the uh, for your fans out there on the show so <laughs> anyways here's Rick from West Palm hey guys good evening thanks for taking the call uh, just a couple of points uh, and just Want to hear some feedback? Uh, just curiosity. Number one, any idea what you guys think the attendance was for this past uh, Pegasus at Gulfstream? I don't think they let that many people in because it's. First of all, there's not a lot of room for people there. I haven't been to the new Gulfstream Park, but if I, I mean, I, if I had to guess, I think it's like twelve, twelve thousand. Do, do you have any guess on that? I don't, I don't have a guess. I just saw the handle number. I, I don't know what the attendance was. Yeah, no, no. just. Yeah, I'm I'm just an old school guy that uh, I I can never get over the fact that how at the uh, was it the day after Christmas and Santa Anita gets over forty thousand people there. Yeah, Boxing Day. Yeah, they did it uh, again this year. It was incredible. Yeah, I they had. And I called last year about it, and I was like, wow, like what is it that what I I'm a racing guy for a long time. What it, what is it that they're why, why is it such a holiday? <laughs> it's almost like Del Mar opening day in the summer. It's just a, a much anticipated, yeah. uh, but you know, day after Christmas, Boxing Day tradition to go racing at Santa Anita. I mean, you usually get Santa Anita weather, and uh, unlike the Pegasus, which you know is from what I've always heard, it's it's a pretty exorbitant fee to get and enjoy the races there. Oh it's yes, a, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's it's normal entry at Santa Anita for one. One one other thing, guys. 
just out of curiosity, what's your opinion of the uh, Belmont Stakes Festival at Saratoga? I mean, it's 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 almost um, it's just a no brainer. I mean, Belmont um, is in no position during their uh, renovation to have it this year, and Saratoga is the uh, obviously obvious replacement location. It's going to be a mile and a quarter race, and it's going to be a huge. Uh, financial boon for uh, Naira, I think it's just, it's going to be mobbed, and the tickets are expensive. And I mean, basically, f- from a racing fan perspective, I don't intend to go, but I think it'll be it'll be pretty intriguing, and it's just going to be a, a fantastic stakes racing uh, loaded weekend. Yeah, I think there's that potential as well, Rick. And uh, I think it's a bummer that the Belmont will be at a run at a mile and a quarter instead of a mile and a half distance. I do love that about it. But, you know, it is what it is with the, with the way the track's situated. I think there's two real big differences uh, in those other stakes. Uh, they don't run a mile and a 16th at Saratoga. So uh, the Ogden Phipps is going to a mile and an eighth, and so's the Acorn. And the Ogden Phipps has been won by a lot of, like, Breeders' Cup, Distaff, Mile and Eight type horses, but that Acorn, I mean, that's been like a Miler's race uh, to me, Bob and and Rick. oh, forever, and, yeah. And I think that's going to make a big difference in that race. They're going to shorten some of the turf stakes, like the Sword Dancer, and yeah, you're going to see some uh, variations from past editions to the way those races used to be run, just because of the distance changes. But Bob's right; I think it's going to be enormously successful. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it was their only option because they're totally rebuilding Belmont park and tearing down that old facility and, and making it way more modern and, and, uh, functional for, uh, you know, nowadays. Yeah. Thank, thanks very much for the call. Uh, Rick from, from, uh, West Palm, have a wonderful weekend. And, uh, and, uh, James. Yeah. I just want to mention real quick at brisnet.com. Uh, we have all the handicapping reports for this weekend, pedigree reports. Also, check out our past performances. Uh, Twin Spires player hit a $1.8 million pick six last week. He chronicled each race of uh, his success and gave a lot of credit to the Briss ultimate pay, pay, past performances. The, 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 the numbers in there and the pedigree stats, track bias stats, and much more. Uh, Twinspires.com, we have uh, a winner back, money back promotion. We have all these weekly and, and harness specials and much, much more. Make sure you visit Twinspires.com and opt in. My pick of the week is Liberal Arts in the uh, Southwest. I think he gets the right setup. He's a big, gangly gun runner. Uh, I mean, son of Arrogate, who I think is only going to get better at three at age three for Robert Medina, Bobby. And I'll give you an Arkansas break. Cantex, six, eight to one, race uh, seven, number five at Oakland. So Cantex in race seven and um, liberal arts uh, in uh, Southwest stakes. Those are my picks of the weekend. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, liberal arts uh, trained by Robert De Medina and ridden by uh, Christian Torres. Uh, won the street since uh, on October 29th. Chance of rain on Saturday. That race was on off track. So if you get, they get that rain on Saturday – it only moves him up, and uh, like I said, I, I think it's a wise move to give him the time off after the street sense. Let him grow into his frame. He's a big horse, and he's got a chance to, to move forward, to me, in my mind. Yeah, he's working nicely over at the uh, Thoroughbred Center. Uh, in fact, uh, 
a 47-second half mile on January 23rd at Thoroughbred Center is a pretty sprightly work for that surface maintenance on uh, January 29th. And we've already seen a few horses ship down there to Oakland Park from the Thoroughbred Center and uh, win uh, this meet. And uh, anyways, great uh, talking to you, James. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, pleasure. Same to you, Bob. Uh, yeah, Best man. Look after yourself. Pleasure to have you on the, on the Brisnet.com call-in show as always. And uh, Bobby's away for another weekend, so we'll do it again next week, my friend. I look forward to it. All right, brother. Take care.